0: You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast.
1: Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.
0: All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So today I thought I would start by sharing some of my thoughts on the number one thing that you can do to improve your mental health. Then I get together with two Food Heals faves, two Food Heals regulars, to have a really candid conversation about mental health. And that is with Katie Kermitzos and Ashley Fillingham. Roll it, Roxy.
2: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: I want to talk about a topic today that is very close to my heart, a topic that affects each and every one of us in really profound ways, and that, of course, is mental health. Our mental well-being is the foundation upon which our lives are built. Think about that. It influences our thoughts, our emotions, our relationships, our overall quality of life, and overall quality of health. It's absolutely imperative that we strive to nurture and improve our mental health because it's literally the key to unlocking a fulfilling and meaningful existence. You know, on Food Heals, I love to talk about the healing power of nutrition because nutrition literally saved my life. Y'all know my story, but we can't have a conversation about health without addressing all aspects of wellness, and that includes what's going on inside of our heads, right? Just like we have toxic food that can affect our bodies, we have toxic thoughts that can affect our bodies. So you can listen to Allie the Food Heals Girl, and you can eat all the fruits and veggies in the world and still not be functioning, functioning optimally Because we're not addressing our mental health. Mental health is a huge topic and there's absolutely no way for me to address all of what goes into improving our mental health today in this one podcast episode. However, just like I've shared with you over the past seven and a half years how a plant-powered diet has helped me heal myself and how vegetables and vitamins keep me functioning, keep me in good shape, there is one powerful tool that has the potential to transform. our lives in the journey towards better mental health and that is what I want to share with you today just another tool for your healing toolbox it's forgiveness forgiveness holds within it the ability to heal our wounds repair our broken relationships with others and with ourselves and release us from the burdens from the stressors that weigh us down It is a path that leads to liberation and literally sets us free. We all carry with us those experiences of pain and betrayal and trauma and disappointment. We all have trauma, we all have traumatic moments. There are moments when we feel wronged by others, when we perceive that they have caused us harm and we hold on to those, we hold on to those grievances and we allow them to fester and grow. But what does this achieve? All this does is it serves to perpetuate the very suffering that we don't want to perpetuate. It perpetuates our suffering. It traps us in a cycle of bitterness and resentment, and that affects our overall health. You know, I lost both my parents to cancer. That was a massive, years-long battle and pattern of trauma that I had to go through in my life, watching them slowly lose their livelihood and there was nothing we can do and there was no help for them to get better. And it was first my mother, then my father. I then had my entire inheritance robbed of me. My parents' life work, their life savings. I lost their homes and assets and bank accounts due to someone who was robbing me blind and mismanaging my father's estate completely without my knowledge. I had no idea what was going on. And so... For those traumas, yeah, I had all the feelings, you know, and there were times in my life where I ignored my grief, my anger, my sadness. There were times in my life when I let myself feel the feelings of grief and anger and sadness. But for the longest period of my life, I held on to my grief, my pain, my anger, my resentment, my sadness. My anger at God for taking my parents from me. At the pharmaceutical companies who gave them drugs that did more harm than good. At the woman who took everything I had left after they died. And eventually, I discovered the truth. And the truth is that holding on to anger and resentment and all the feelings does more harm to ourselves Than it does to others. It clouds our judgment, it poisons our current relationships, and it ultimately manifests as disease, disease within our bodies. When we suppress our true feelings, when we bury our trauma deep within, we create a breeding ground for illness, for imbalance, right? And This is not just Food Heals Alley telling you what's up. There are studies, numerous studies to support this. Um, They have studied the connection between our emotions and physical health at length. But I just feel like it's not that talked about. It's not as prevalent As it needs to be, and that's why I want to address it today. Um, One study was called The Effects of Forgiveness on Physical Health Outcomes in Adults, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. And it was conducted by Toussaint and Webb, and it revealed a significant association between forgiveness and improved physical health outcomes. So what they found was that forgiveness was linked to lower blood pressure reduced cardiovascular risks, enhanced immune system function, and it even decreased physical symptoms like chronic pain. So this is just one example of the research out there that is showing us that there is a growing body of evidence supporting this interconnectedness of our emotional well-being and physical health. And if forgiveness can lower our blood pressure, if forgiveness can reduce our risk of a heart attack, if forgiveness can reduce or get rid of chronic pain, isn't that a healing tool that you want in your toolbox? Don't you want to do the work so you can feel better? So how do we forgive? Food Heals Nation, what I found is that the only way out is through. The only way out is through we cannot push our pain aside. We cannot pretend it does not exist. We cannot suppress our emotions thinking they will disappear on their own. Instead, we have to face our experiences head on. We have to acknowledge the hurt and the pain that they have caused. So and when we do this, we embark on a journey of healing and growth that we never knew was possible. Forgiveness is the first step on this transformative path. It is the act of releasing ourselves from the chains of resentment and choosing every day compassion over anger, understanding over judgment. When we forgive, we untangle those knots that bind us. We liberate ourselves from the burden and the heavy burden that we feel when we hold on to grudges. And that's how we grant ourselves the gift of peace, the gift of health. I have had to personally forgive the pharmaceutical companies. I have had to forgive the doctors. I have had to forgive myself for the perceived notion that I could have saved them. My parents, I have had to forgive the woman who took everything from me after their death. Most recently, I had to forgive my ex husband for not fighting for our marriage in the way that I perceived that he should have. And even more recently, y'all, I've had to forgive the social media companies for censoring this very show. I have had to forgive friends who see health and wellness vastly differently than I do and say things in an attempt to change my mind, dim my light. I don't know. I've had to forgive the people that say, oh, you're a virologist now. Do you even have a nutrition degree? And oh, what about the person who just recently told me I should tone it down? I had to forgive them because anything that I hold against them, I am holding against myself. And I don't know about you, but I'm not letting anyone live rent free in my head. I don't hold space for that. Now, with all of that said, please understand this. I am not saying you have to accept that what happened to you or what was done to you is okay or even ever accept someone back into your life who is toxic or doesn't have your best interests at heart, who is hurtful, who doesn't belong in your life who isn't there to further serve happiness in your life. It is absolutely acceptable and probably imperative to let them go forgive and delete, block and bless. It's very important to realize that forgiveness does not mean you are condoning the actions of others or forgetting the pain they have caused. But what it is about is finding the strength within ourselves to let go so we can move forward because by forgiving, we acknowledge our own worth and we refuse to let the actions of others define our happiness, our well-being. That is the difference and that is the key. So by forgiving, even when it's hard, even when it's the hardest thing you ever do, By forgiving, we reclaim our power. By forgiving, we refuse to be imprisoned by negativity. And there's tremendous freedom in forgiveness. Forgiveness opens the door to healing. It allows us to rebuild our relationships with others and with ourselves. It allows us to foster empathy. It promotes understanding it empowers us to break free from the chains of the past and create a future full of love and compassion and resilience because remember, holding on to the past, that's depression. Worrying about the future, that's anxiety. We wanna be in the present and in the present moment, we forgive. Forgiveness is a pathway to true health, living in the presence, true happiness and true freedom. So Food Heals Nation, I wanted to talk about this today because forgiveness is one of the most important tools that we can add to our healing toolbox. So I invite you to embark on this journey with me of forgiveness. Let go of the things you've held on to. Let go of the grievances that have burdened your heart for way too long. Seek out that healing both for yourself and for those you have perceived as doing you wrong. And make it a pattern, make it a habit, just like you write in your journal, just like you make your morning coffee, just like you pop your midday vitamins, make it a part of your routine that when something is up for you, when someone comes for you, when you have feelings of anger, resentment, sadness, whatever, towards somebody else, make it a habit, be present, don't bury it. Feel the feelings because you can't forgive them right when it happens. We all know that. And then let them go when you've had time to feel the feelings and feel the emotions. Forgive and delete, block and bless. <laughs> let it go and you'll just continue to be on that path of healing in all facets, in all areas of your life. Thanks for listening and I hope it was helpful and uh, here is the short version that I made for Instagram. If you need some inspo, roll it Roxy. There's freedom in the forgiveness and the only way out is through. The only way out is through. We can't push our trauma down, our emotions, our feelings and suppress them. Otherwise, we're going to be yelling at that guy in traffic when instead we're not really mad at them. We're mad at her husband. We're upset with our mom. A friend has hurt us. Because holding that trauma in, suppressing it, that's what causes dis-ease in our bodies. Yes, our emotions are directly connected to disease. So you want true health? You want true happiness? You want true freedom? Forgive. Because anything we're holding against anybody else, we're just truly holding against ourselves. Forgiveness opens the door to freedom. All right, next up I've got Ashley, Filling Jim, and Katie Kremitzos here for a candid conversation about mental health. But first, Food Heals Nation, not all probiotics are created equally In fact, most probiotics die before they even hit your gut, which basically renders them useless. So stop paying for probiotics that don't work and make sure you have a probiotic that heals. That's why for the past probably about five years, I was trying to think about when I first started on this probiotic, but it's been quite a while that I have been taking Just Thrive probiotics. And I've got Tina here with me to explain the benefits. As always, use the coupon code FOODHEALS15 at justthrivehealth.com to save 15% off your order. Roll it, Roxy. All right, Food Heals Nation. I'm here hanging out with Tina Anderson, the founder of Just Thrive, which is probiotics, but also so much more. So Tina, can you tell us what is a spore-based probiotic and why is it different from other probiotics out there on the market?
3: Yeah, that's a great question, Allison. Um, A spore-based probiotic is a completely different category of probiotics. So the majority of probiotics on the market are comprised of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Ours are not. And we did that very intentionally because we know that those strains are sensitive organisms. They have difficulty getting to the intestines alive. Spore-based probiotics have this endospore shell around itself. And that spore shell allows it to get to the intestines alive. It's really important to remember that a probiotic, in order to be defined as a probiotic, needs to arrive alive in the intestines. It doesn't need to be alive in the refrigerator. It needs to be alive in the intestines. So, a spore based probiotic actually has this shell around itself. And when it has the shell around itself, it's dormant and it allows you to swallow it. It gets, you know, it's able to handle the temperature, your body temperature, which is very warm 98.6. It's able to get through the stomach acid which is very acidic very harsh meant to be the heart gastric barrier and get to the intestines and where when, once they get to the intestines it takes their shell off, it's shell off and it goes into its live vegetative cell state when it gets to the intestines so these are natural probiotics these are the same type of strains that our ancestors when they ate off the land they ate roots and tubers off the land they consume these probiotic strains. Um, so it's just, unfortunately, we don't find them in our environment today. So it's a very different approach than the majority of probiotics. One of the biggest you know, issues is survivability. The ma- vast majority of probiotics just simply do not survive that journey to the intestines. And most of them are basically dead bacteria therapy where spore-based probiotics get there 100% alive, where they're staying there for about 21 to 28 days and making a true change in the microbial environment. In fact, one of the studies that we did uh, right away was showing that just after about two weeks, a, we saw a thirty percent favorable shift in the microbiome, in the strains in the gut. So um, that's a pretty profound shift in just thirty days. So, and and that's the resu- reason we see such profound, you know, results with people who start on the product. So it's really exciting, and the, it's definitely the the new category of probiotics out there. Even though it's where you know our ancestors were consuming these strains on a daily basis.
0: Wow, we're always going back to basics, right? But we've <laughs> yep. made it over complicated. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for breaking that down for us, Tina. I really appreciate it. So, Food Heals Nation, stop throwing away money on probiotics that are going to die before they hit your gut and heal yourself. Boost your immunity with Just Thrive probiotics. Go to just justthrivehealth.com. Use the coupon code Food Heals 15. You'll get 15% off your order. Tina, thanks again
4: so much for clarifying that.
3: Oh, you bet. Thank you so much, Allison.
4: Your drinks up. It, it, it's a celebration every time we link up. We we then did everything make think thinker Greatness is what we wanna bring up. I, that I have this moment for life, for
0: life, for life. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Today, apparently, I have two people in the show who wanna change their names. So we've got Katie Hot Stuff and Ash Happy welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. So happy to be here. (laughs) All right. She is the CEO and founder of the Women's Meditation Network with 14 podcasts to help you get more calm, better sleep, less anxiety, and more happiness. And is currently on track to reach 100 million downloads, which is a big deal, Food Heals Nation, by May. Please welcome Katie Kermitzos back to the show. Allie, hey, I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you back for Mental Health Awareness Month, which is perfect for what you do. Perfect for what I do. And we've also got a recovering big law attorney who helps wellness and lifestyle entrepreneurs establish solid legal foundations for their business. And she just launched the brand new show. Well, not just launched, now we're a couple months in, but she's got the Kick Ash Life podcast. Please welcome Ashley
1: Filling Jim back to the show. Welcome, Ashley. So happy to be here again. And if you know anything about attorneys, you know we need a little mental health awareness in our lives. Not just a Yes. Do you hear Lily <laughs> cheering for you, by the way? Hi, Lily. You get
2: your own walk-on music there, Ashley. <laughs>
0: All right, so May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and did you guys know that actually nearly one in five Americans lives with a mental health condition, according to the National Institutes of Mental Health? And I was just reading that the amount of stress and anxiety that we as a country, as a baseline, suffer from back in like the 1900s was considered mentally ill and you would be considered to be put in an insane asylum because we are dealing with more stress and anxiety than ever existed in human history. So I know I have it, I know y'all have it and I can say that with love because we all need a little bit of mental health help for ourselves. And so because we're all conscious people who are working on our health, we're not saying we have it all figured out, but we do have some stories and advice and Um, some relatable things to talk about today. I know for me personally, I completely suffer from this one disease. They call it overthinking. I overthink everything I do. I think it puts me into a lot of spirals of anxiety. I think it also creates a lot of inaction when if I had just made the decision instead of overthinking about it, I could have reached a goal faster or had less anxiety or reach peace faster. So the disease of overthinking. I'll start with you, Katie. Do you have any meditations for me? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, hundreds at this point. I've got hundreds. of me- I actually have an entire podcast called Meditation for Anxiety. And a lot of the Overwhelm, uh, overthinking, brain spinning in a thousand miles a minute. That's that tends to be there, but they're all they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah, plenty of meditations there, which is one of the tools that can help that. But yeah, yeah I, I definitely suffer from that too. I think I think so many of us who just have a lot going on in life um, can can definitely get there. Like we just get so ingrained in our in our mind and our thoughts, and it's going in a thousand different
0: directions, and it's heavy. It takes a lot of your energy that. Indecision fatigue. and the fact that you're overthinking and can't make a decision, I'm speaking for myself exhausts me. Yeah. and then it prolongs the decision being made when the thing could have been done and done over with by now. Yeah. they have
2: a decision fatigue fatigue is really big um, for n- not indecision fatigue, but decision fatigue is really big in motherhood because typically moms are making a gazillion decisions in any given day what are we having for dinner? Who likes what? Um, What did so-and-so get their ABC five things that they needed to get out the door before school? What doctor's appointments do we have coming up? I mean, like a gazillion things are happening and there needs to be decisions made about all of these things in order to keep life moving. And that that decision fatigue thing is real. I mean, it's energy that's just boom, constantly like bursting out.
0: Yeah. So, well, I listened to your podcast. I already knew the answer when I asked you that question. Do you have meditations for me? So I would say one of my tools is certainly meditation, but what do you guys do when you're in that mom mode and you're having to do that? Like, how do you get calm? How do you get clear? How about you, Ashley? What do you do?
1: I try really hard to do two things. Stop and take a deep breath, before I react, respond, make a decision, take a deep breath. And also, and this is, this was not the case when my kids were young. I did not have this skill. I've developed it, really worked on it over time. And that is to be where my feet are, to be right there with them. The older my children get, they're now 12 and 13, the more I realize how fleeting this time is. And so if I'm with them thinking about, What I want to do on the podcast or how I want to help a particular client, I'm not with them and I'm not serving anybody. And so I find that if I can just be right there with them, it takes some of the anxiety out of the way, some of the anxiety of thinking about a hundred different things at one time. That's mindfulness.
2: Yeah. I think in any given moment of like a breakdown, that that I would call it, whether that's with and around kids, because that absolutely happens, or without kids around, like that moment of just intense anxiety, emotion, world kind of feels like it's falling down. I think my emergency hatch is like, go be alone. Like I need to be alone. I need to be out in nature. Typically. I need to have my, usually my feet connected to the ground. Not always, but like, I need, I need air. I need to breathe the air And just take some deep breaths. And in that that moment, what typically will end up happening, it sometimes happens pretty slowly, is in being connected to, to nature, I can sort of just have little moments of seeing, oh, I'm a part of this big thing. Oh, that whatever the hell just pissed me off right then or got me all worked up or feels insurmountable you know, in this big picture, I'm watching the clouds kind of go by and I'm realizing like, oh, I'm on this big thing called earth. It's a lot bigger than me. Like I sort of have this awareness that I'm simultaneously such this special, unique being that, you know, has never existed. Like this is where I am right now. And simultaneously, I'm just part of this large, massive universe. So there's a humbling effect to that. And um, almost exactly metaphorically, what Ashley was talking about my, I get grounded. Like I get very like clear that, okay, like vantage point changes, like everything's okay. I'm going to be okay. It doesn't mean that that like, oh, yay, I'm done. I'm done with that moment to pass. I'm good. I've graduated. But it means that it just at least softens me and gets me off that edge of like intense, no out kind of feeling.
1: I think that It's so easy. We are in a hustle and grind culture. And what you just said is, if I'm in the middle of it, I will take a break. And sometimes just that little pause of being out in nature or stepping away from the situation, instead of trying to push through, push through, push through, push through, is what we need. It doesn't take long, but it is a reset.
0: And Ashley, you're very big in nature as well because I remember the summer, was it, what? No, last year, two years ago, Ashley had to get her toes in the sand. That was what she had to do when we were at the beach house. And that is what refreshed your soul morning and night. And it wasn't optional. It wasn't play. It was required for, I believe, your personal mental health and reset. And she goes out and she writes on the beach and it's just like, so beautiful to watch, but she really needs it. It really restores her soul. I've
1: seen it. Sunrise and sunset. And I can grind in the middle. I can get done what I need to do. But if I've got those bookends to my day, then it really sets the tone. It starts my day out and it gives a real clear ending to the day of, okay, now I'm going to stop and take some time for me to reflect on the day. Um, I wish I were better about that in Atlanta, but when I am down at the beach, it is so restorative.
0: Yeah. And I, I witnessed that. And I remember thinking like, I like doing this and I would go with you sometimes and I liked it, but it wasn't my, like what I needed for my mental health reset. And so I remember I came to Nashville and I was like, what's my version of toes in the sand? I think it's actually imperative for us to answer that question. Because most people, I don't believe, including myself included, scheduling that into their life the way I saw Ashley do it. And not in a regimented way, but in a required way that she knew this would give her new life. And I saw that and I was like, What is my version of toes in the sand? And I'm not saying that I have the question actually answered. I'm saying that's a question we need to ask ourselves and schedule it in. For some people, meditation, mindfulness, things like that. For some people, nature, activities, walking outside. For some people spending time with people they love for some people being totally alone. I'm an introvert. I need my recharge. That's why I love working from home. But at the same time, working from home, you can get a little crazy and a little lonely. So going out and finding people. But then when I'm at my conferences and I'm all around people, I'm like, go and find silence. Go and listen to a Katie Krimitzos meditation, which I do every single time. I'm like I'm going to the room to meditate. I'm going to the room to nap. I'm going to take my meditation break. And that does reset me. It's like a... When you, I've always wished that how you powered, whenever the MacBook Pro is acting up, it's just like, power it down, turn it back on. Same with the iPhone. Power it down, turn it back on. It's like, what's our version of that? For me, it's absolutely a nap and or meditation. I close my eyes and I may nap, I may stay awake, but the point is my eyes are closed, my I'm powered down. And I've been able to do it in 20 minutes sometimes, but I really need a good 45 minutes to an hour and I can be a new human, a new, brand new. If you're having a bad day, go power down or go figure out your toes in the sand. That will change your day. I find for myself, if I keep pushing through when thing after thing after thing is going awry, it's not going to be a good day. I almost continue to take that frantic energy with me into every new activity. But if I can power down, and I know not everyone has an hour every day, but figure out what that is for you. Because you can change your entire day and then you don't have to go on into that harried, hurried, stressed out, overthinking, anxiety-ridden space for the rest of your day. That's that's for me.
1: I would say to figure out what your resistance is to powering down. When I finally got to the bottom of that, it helped yeah. me do it more readily. My resistance was when I was a kid. I was an only child. And a lot of times if I – expressed frustration or um, exhaustion or anything like that, the answer from my family was suck it up, kid. That was the right, suck it up, kid. Now, did it make me tough? Absolutely. I'm tough as nails. But did it make me resistant to self-care? Absolutely. And so once I was able to get to the bottom of that, it made the resistance a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And
0: another thing is people don't like to get quiet because it heightens the anxiety for a lot of people, or it makes us think about the things that we're in avoidance mode of all day, right? We're avoiding all the things we don't want to think about by keeping ourselves busy. That often happens. That's why I like guided meditations because at least I'm not getting quiet and totally silent. Someone like Katie is taking me through breathe and relax. And then she's painting a picture for me and there's music. And that is why I prefer guided. I'm not a silent meditator. I don't want to be alone with my thoughts either. I get it. Okay. (laughs) Let's be honest. That's why I need the music or somebody guiding me to take me there. So that's a really good point, Ash. Like figure out what is the resistance and how you can get through that so you can have that moment that you seek of peace.
1: Here's one more. Let me see what you guys think about this. When we talk about Mental Health Awareness Month, I, probably like many folks out there, spent a number of years being completely unaware about the state of my mental health, having spent zero time understanding it to the extent that when I went to see a psychiatrist for some major help when I needed some real extra help, um, I couldn't describe how I felt. And she made me these flashcards um, that you might make for a child in therapy of, I feel. And she had emojis on them with descriptive words. And for a while, I would use the cards in the moment to be like, okay, how do I feel? Because a lot of us um, are taught not to feel or not to express it, or maybe expressing how you feel is unsafe. And so, Mental health awareness, being actually aware of how you feel, is a practice. It's a journey. It's a learned process. And so go gently with yourself on that. So
0: I don't think that I personally grew up having any sense of taking care of my mental health. It just wasn't talked about. So you guys are such conscious mothers raising Incredible families. How do you actually incorporate these types of conversations, or how do you support your kids and in, in their own mental health? I would love some pointers for when it's my turn. Yeah, I
2: think that uh, I would say most of what I'm teaching or how I'm teaching is done by modeling. You know, by making sure that my kids see mommy taking care of herself in all the ways. My kids. See me work out. R- working out is a huge part of my mental health routine. Like it is big. I re, I it's. I'm 44 now. I think I finally hit. Ha- I finally have realized. Like, oh, I don't need, like the body stuff. That's all extra benefit. It's actually from my mind. Um, they see me, you know, take some time. They see that mommy gets a Saturday morning break while they have a daddy daughter date. They hear me and know that Katie, that mommy's going on a Katie retreat, which I do often I think um you know a couple times a year so um sometimes with us something sometimes with my girls um so you know they see and I speak it of like mommy needs mommy needs some time alone right now mommy you know um but then I also let it be okay that whatever their feelings and emotions are like I've taught my kids since a very very early age like they're allowed to feel whatever they feel because their feelings are valid, right? So something as simple as my oldest might tell me, I need some alone time right now. Like she will say that, like, I just want to play alone and hear her little sister wants to play with her. So her little sister is upset and she'll just tell me straight up. I will see the situation for a second and be like, just play with your little sister or she wants to play with you. And she'll look at me. She goes, mom, I just, I want to play by myself right now. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I understand that. And so I'll go and play with the little one while she goes and has her own playtime by herself. And that's, to me, that's her taking care of herself and listening to herself and what she wants. And then me being able to validate that that's okay. Um, I actually have this really beautiful video that uh, I captured years ago when Sedona, my oldest, was, um, oh my goodness, probably five, and my youngest, Savannah, was two, and Savannah was really, she was crying about something, and she had crawled under the kitchen table because she was just crying and upset, and this is one of those, like, proud mommy moments, like, I'm seeing it reflected that I've done a, a decent job, Sedona, my oldest, crawled underneath the table with her and said, Savannah, it's okay that you're upset. You can cry. It's okay. It's okay that you're angry right now or upset right now. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. And her sister, you know, kicked her out of there and was like, get out of the table. But who cares? Like, the point is is that like, (laughs) (laughs) like that's, that's how I teach them. I'm not talking about mental health. I'm not, those words never come out of my mouth. Like, it's just about modeling mental health care for myself, i.e. I, I just care for myself, um, they see me and and Chris, they see us fight and they see us make up. So like even just that, like Sedona's my. she's seven years old now. We were sitting at the dinner table a couple of days ago and me and Chris were bickering about something, right? And she's like, she stopped us and she's like, why are you got, like, why do you have to bicker? And, you know, why do you have to do that? and I looked at her and I said, "Babe, this is part of how we work stuff out. We're we're not always going to agree on things, and it's okay that we talk like this to work it out so we can resolve it. And and that's okay. It looks like we're yelling and we're not liking each other, but that's not true. This is just how it sounds when we work something out." So like that. That's important for my kids to see that like that's all part of taking care of self, taking care of those you love and th- this is all real and this is what it looks like. So I think my massive answer is I I just I let them see it and be it
1: and I allow them all of that all of those things. I the mom in me is loving that. The human in me just loves that. Whether it's with our children or our friends or our family just trying to sit with somebody else's emotions and letting them have it, because it doesn't always feel good if your child is upset with you or your friend points out that maybe you hurt their feelings or missed an appointment or, you know, something that mattered to them. I, that doesn't always feel good And learning to sit with somebody in that moment. And you may not agree. You may not agree with the emotion they're experiencing and that's okay. Let them have it. Um I just, yeah, I think letting somebody, including our children, who are not just children, they are humans. I mean, I I try to remember all the time, there's not an authority position. Do, Do we need guidelines? Do we need railings for the children? Absolutely. Safe boundaries within which to learn. But at the end of the day, they're having a human emotion, not a kid emotion. It should not be dismissed because otherwise we're only teaching them to ignore how they're feeling. And you got a whole lot of digging to do the way I did as an adult. Um, And so, yeah, creating a safe safe space to express emotion. And then also something I really work on too, because I don't always get it right. Man, I'm human too. And I get high emotionally and have a reaction. And sometimes I have to go back and apologize. I'm sorry for the way I just showed up (laughs) or did not show up for you, you know? Yeah. And for them to see that it's okay to make a mistake and it's okay to have feelings in a moment and then think, I could have handled that better and own it is important to me as well. Food Heals
0: Nation. You've heard me talk a lot lately about Cured Nutrition. I started out with their sleep supplements and they were really helping me. So I started trying out some of their other supplements to see could these adaptogens, could these cannabinoids help me during the day as well. So let me tell you about my experience with Rise. Rise is a nootropic blend of functional mushrooms, adaptogens, and broad spectrum CBD that was actually custom formulated by Cured's in-house herbalist Over the course of a year, I was intrigued by the blend of functional mushrooms, adaptogens, and cannabinoids that this RISE supplement actually offers. So this powerful blend contains these crazy, amazing, effective ingredients like lion's mane, cordyceps, mushrooms, rhodiola, and ginseng. And all of these work synergistically together to give you that mental clarity, that mental performance, without jitters, without the crash, that you sometimes get with caffeine or your, you know, your daily latte. So if you're like me, you like to be laser focused on your goals, but there's all these things that can take us out, phone notifications, right? People needing your attention. And so when I want that laser focus, I absolutely turn to rise because I have goals that I'm going to accomplish this year and I know you do too. So if you're ready to say goodbye to caffeine or just replace one of your lattes throughout the day and say hello to extended mental clarity and mental performance and laser focus, head on over to curednutrition.com, use the coupon code FOODHEALS at checkout and you'll get 20% off your order. Again, it's curednutrition.com and coupon code FOODHEALS. And not only that, but you can even save an additional 10% with the Daily Dose Bundle. That is the Cured Nutrition's bundle of Rise, Aura, and Zen. I just told you about the Rise, and then of course the Aura is for your gut health, which we talk about that all the time on Food Heals. We need to always be improving our gut health. And then of course, I think you've heard me talk about Zen as well, and that is for a good night's sleep. So you can save your 20%, and if you wanna save an additional 10 and get some extra products, you can get the Daily Dose Bundle, the Rise, Aura, and the Zen. Again, it's all over at curednutrition.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS. I forgot to tell you, Katie, that yesterday I was on a shoot and I met a photographer and she was pregnant and her baby name was Sedona. Come on. Aww. That's only like the second or third one I've ever heard of. That's what she said. She said, as soon as I decided on this name, I started meeting other people who had newborns named Sedona. I was like, you know, names just come in waves. <laughs> they do, don't they? All <sighs> these
2: generational names. Yeah. That's so funny.
0: Um, So tell Food Heals Nation the names of both of your two children and something sweet about them because I love them and I just want Food Heals Nation to get to hear about them as well.
1: My children are Mackenzie and Parker. Mackenzie is my daughter and she loves volleyball and athletics and she's an incredible writer and thinker. She just kind of came into this world knowing who she is. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever want to take that away from her. Like she is an old soul and she sees the world from a, a lot of times she parents me. She's very mature, but also just an absolute joy, a great friend to people. I just, I think she's amazing. My Parker, he is 12 and he is a gift because he sees the world in his very own unique way and he is steadfast in it. Nobody's going to take him off of Way he views the world. He is an artist. He loves music. He's incredibly talented. He's wise. He's very silent. He's an observer. And you can see him just sort of taking the world in, and you wonder how much he's actually taking in. And then out of the blue, he'll hit you with some Buddha like wisdom. And you want to pull the car over and write it down because it's just <laughs> such an observer of life and of humans. And and both of these children are such a gift to me. It's so beautiful. Yes.
0: Oh, I love them so much. I remember when we went on the boat with Parker um, to see the dolphins and he was so quiet, but just, it was such a lovely day. Um, and then at the end of the day, he said that was the best day of his life. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: I just thought that was so sweet you never
0: know because he was so quiet and just watching and just observing and um I have to say about Mac McKenzie she's the best Britney Spears impersonator I've ever seen in my
1: life (laughs) truth (laughs) truth mad skills there
0: (laughs) I mean if she wanted a career in that if she if volleyball doesn't work out she's got a career in Britney Spears impersonating no they're both so sweet and so cute Katie how about you So my Sedona is seven and she is a
2: creative. She's incredibly expressive. She loves drawing. She's very athletic. um, And she is, uh, she's very curious and also incredibly, um, she's a really phenomenal critical thinker. She will, she will hear different stories at different times and ask the questions, why, where are the gaps? Like, and how come they're not connected? And she will catch things in movies that they did wrong. Like, oh, wasn't that rule applied last time and then now in version two, then now it can automatically happen. Like what, what's going on there? That's so me. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. She loves singing and she has an incredible memory for lyrics, words, things like she just remembers. She'll hear a song once and remember it. Um, And she's just a fun, curious, artistic, interested kid very social. Uh, she's like her dad and that, you know, she's never met a stranger, like everyone's like best friends. And, um, and, and then Savannah is four and Savannah is this juggernaut of Savannah, uh, very much like she is, she's going through the world in her own way. Um, very for She's very strong. Like physically, she is like this ball of muscle and, um, she is just lit up about everything. She loves animals. She rides horses a couple times a week. She's just, she's like this animal whisperer. Um, But she's, she's pretty introverted. She's definitely attached to mommy. She loves just, she wants to just make sure she sees what's going on first before she really jumps in. It takes her a while to, to really get into anything. And she's just kind of like taking it all in and just, and figuring it all out. And she's got this wicked sense of humor. I have n- literally, like, we're we're a pretty funny family, but man, the stuff that comes out of this kid, I'm like, what? Oh my god, are you a are you a professional comedian? Comedian? <laughs> like, come on. So they're just they're both really fun and lively and
1: just really um, my biggest teachers, really. Right. You know, on the point of mental health, Ali, you just gave. You know, you gave me and Katie a gift because you gave us an opportunity to talk about something that lights us up. And that's great for our mental health, too. You know,
4: so I know we're all you.
0: smiling. Like I'm smiling because I'm thinking about Ashley's kids. I've gotten so many opportunities to hang out with them. I've gotten opportunities to hang out with your kids, Katie, at Podfest, who I was going to say are mean dancers who can tear up a <laughs> dance floor. Yes, they like, are. With, <laughs> with all the adults, and they have a blast. And, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to facilitate a quick light up because you do both light up when you talk about your kids and your family. So absolutely. So that's a mental health tip. Have, talk about someone that lights you up and then you light up and then maybe your worries go away for a hot minute. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <clears throat> Try it. Okay. So, um, For mental health, I think a big thing, and we kind of mentioned this, but what people may not think about when they think about mental health is how improving your physical health contributes to our mental health. So I know what it is for me, absolutely exercise because you get the endorphin rush, like it is the most natural um, antidepressant in existence. The way that your body reacts is the same way that it reacts to antidepressants. It gets those brain cells firing. It's just so good for you. What are some other physical things that you guys incorporate? Um, I would say absolutely for me, it's nutrition. Um, when I feed my body, right? I feel better. I feel good. So that's why I'm doing my smoothies every day. Um, that's why I'm doing my juicing. That's why I'm always supplementing. Like what do I need? Because we know supplements have such an effect on our health, our physical health, and also our mental health. And so what are some of you guys's? I know, Ashley, you love the IVs, you know, what are some of you guys's, you guys's, is that a word? Do I sound like a 12 year old? We're talking about (laughs) kids. I guess I'm channeling your kids here. What are some of your favorite physical things that you do to improve your mental health? I would say that I'm, in
2: addition to some of the things we've talked about, obviously working out regularly, being outside, uh, I'm aware of my space like what rooms of the house make me feel good or where, like I'm, it's beautiful here in Florida right now. So I work outside most of the day. So like, I just, I mean, on this small little area of, you know, our outside space, like I will be outside and I, and that I'm just aware physically how I feel in spaces. I don't want to be in my room if it's dirty. So I just won't be in there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. You know, so um, that is a big one. And, and then, you know, I guess this is sort of like physical slash mental, but um, just a couple of of kind of boundary setting things is I turn off most 90% of notifications on my phone. Like uh, there are no, I do not receive notifications for social media. As a matter of fact, I actually only have two social media apps on my phone, only one of which I actually check regularly. Um, But like, I don't, I don't want to hear, I don't want email notifications on my phone. I don't want any. So there's like two notifications like one that's coming from my team that doesn't happen a lot. That's very manageable for me. And then one is on my calendar because I'm I'm in a series of my life, right? I don't have a lot of meetings. So when I do, I'm like, I need to be reminded multiple times. Right, right. <laughs> um, but that's it. And, you know, other than that, like there's really no, that phone physically is sort of like like sucking my, it's like the soul sucker. Like it's sucking my energy and attention. And so I'm very um, conscious about like, what am I allowing it to, when have I, when am I allowing it to speak to me? I turn, you know, silent mode on quite a bit. Like I leave my phone, you know, a lot of times, like I'm not a person who always has my phone with me. I'm leaving it if we're going out and going for a walk with the kids. Like, um, so that's a really big thing. Just being aware of the energy of the space and then, and making sure that my phone does not own me.
0: Yes. My phone lives on do not disturb. If someone calls me, I have no idea unless they leave a voicemail and I happen to check it. I'm like, if you call me, you need to text me because my phone is on do not disturb because I can't handle those robo calls all day. When the phone rings, it gives me a burst of anxiety. Okay. That's why my phone doesn't ring unless I'm expecting your call or unless I have a call set up and now everything's on zoom anyway. So why would you call me? Because we know it's a Zoom meeting, or you text me to say I need to talk on the phone. That's how today's society works. So don't you dare just give me a random call. No, of course oh gosh, if it's guilty. you guys.
1: I just, <laughs> I, I only. You're like the
0: only one that's allowed to call me. By the way,
1: I, I'm old school. I want to just pick up the phone and call you the same way when I worked in an office. Don't send me an email when you are next door to me. let's just walk next door and have a conversation. To me, it's so much quicker than text or email, but I'm really old-fashioned that way. So forgive me if I just ever pick up the phone and call one of you. I'm just having a moment.
0: There's like Um, five people in my life who are allowed to do that, and you're one of them. Well, and
1: we all know we got to text
0: her before we call, right? I'm calling you now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I know, because I miss the
1: calls, because it's on (laughs) Do Not Disturb. Yeah, and you're not the only friend in my life who's like, why? Why are you calling me?
0: (laughs) No, but you guys light me up. So I'll talk on the phone with you anytime, but anything else? No, unless you're my good friend. No, you don't bother me. I am busy. I might be meditating or I might be working, but I am too busy for an unexpected phone call. That is anxiety 101, but that's just me. Everyone's different. So we know our boundaries, just like Katie doesn't have Instagram on her phone.
1: I've got a good um physical one. Back to the physical exercise one. I in my whole life I've had peaks and valleys of exercise and fitness and all of that. But um two that came to mind when Katie was talking earlier about working fitness into her routine for mental health. Um there is a point at which it would have been good for me to check myself before I wrecked myself. I, before having children, ran five marathons and um, and I didn't just run them, like I ran them for time and I was militant about it. And it really, uh, if you're a marathon runner and you've found your thing, like, yay, that's amazing for me when I look back. I realized that I was literally breaking down my body. I was running, running, running to train, but I wasn't doing anything to support my body in that training. And the mental health question for me there, coulda, shoulda, woulda been, what are you running from, Ashley? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What what is this pain a substitute for the other pain you're feeling that you don't want to feel? And so if you're deeply embedded in a physical routine – sometimes it's worth taking a step back to say, okay, what am I doing here? Am I supporting my body in this? And am I am I actually serving my mental health here? Or is there something I'm running from? That's one that came to mind. And another a habit that I still have and build in whenever I can. When I first became a single mom and I had to drop my children off on Sunday mornings, I would come back to the apartment and just curl up in a little ball and be sad, which didn't last long until I was, okay, girl, what are we going to do to get glad? How are we going to turn this around and replace that moment with something that builds you and lifts you up? And for me, it was drop them off and go straight to Stone Mountain and go hiking and be out in nature and do something physical. And um, at the top of the mountain, engage in prayer and meditation and setting your plan for the week and how you want to show up. And that was very healing to me. So I would say um, if if you find yourself with a repeat pattern of tough moments and something triggers it see what you can replace, because that was very helpful to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. I think with exercise, for me, it's like if I feel like I have to do it, it's not worth doing. It's when I'm like, I get to do it. Then you're going to have a more joyful experience, and it's not about – body shaming yourself into doing it or going, I have to do this because I have to stick to this type A routine. Instead, it's like, I get to do it because I know how good I feel afterwards. And now my current gym um, has a sauna and a steam room. So I know I get the reward. And then downstairs is the co working space with my favorite coffee and juice and all this stuff. So for me, I now have a reward based in it. If I have to go sweat it out, sometimes it hurts, but I feel so good afterwards. I get to go get my juice. I can bring my laptop and work. So Whole social experience. I got friends there, you know, and so that's changed it from when there was a time in my life, and this has been years, um, where it was you have to go because this is part of your health and wellness routine, and it and I was going to classes I didn't even like, yeah, to get some abs I didn't even want. I'm gonna join your gym. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I know. You came you you came. It was so oh, a yeah. house. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I loved it. Yeah. Or if you go at night, you could go eat one of our delicious. Remember they have the whole vegan menu. You yeah, guys I have ate everything with me. there. So good. Wait, didn't we get the vegan chocolate mousse? Who did I get that with? We it was had so a vegan cool.
2: Caesar salad, which was to die oh, for. Yes. Oh. Okay. That was amazing.
0: Because uh, us the three of us went. We sat in the back. That's right. And then Ashley, we went back with McKinsey and we got the vegan chocolate mousse.
1: Yeah, we were there for a volleyball tournament. Yes. And- I have no life. I'm just a volleyball mom at, these, at this <laughs> <Volleyball> point. <Mom.
0: laughs> so, yes, when you girls come back, I only thing is I can't take guests to the gym, but we can go eat and enjoy anytime. And the pool's open now because it's summer. Yay. Yay. <coughs> well, before we wrap up, um, in honor of a mental health awareness month, I would love it if you shared with me a time when things were real rough maybe it was rock bottom, maybe it was just a season, but how you got through it because we've all been through some shit. I know you guys very well. I know some of the challenges that you have faced. I have, You have been with me during some of the darkest times in my life. So thank you. So first of all, thank you for your friendship because without friends, I wouldn't have gotten through the hardest times in my life. But if you have a story that you're open to sharing about really getting through a rough time and how you got through it it doesn't mean it was easy and hey, I had a tool and it just worked and it was a magic wand. It doesn't mean we have all the answers, but just sharing so everyone feels like, hey, she did it, maybe I can do it too. Yeah, um,
2: I so I've had a lot of a lot of ups and downs as sure. I as I know we all have. <clears throat> yes. um, but one in particular that's jumping to mind is uh, when I was in my late 20s I, uh, I developed an eating disorder, a pretty bad eating disorder. And at my quote unquote rock bottom was this moment of realizing like this is completely taking over my life. Like I'm not present to my life right now. And it's really pathetic and just dis- disturbing and painful. And I don't want this anymore. Yeah. So what did I do? Um, I, uh, I knew I immediately actually needed help. I, uh, I ended up going to a 12-step program. Mm-hmm. because there was some that was the only thing i knew of that was some sort of like outside i need some formal way to to like get me out of this hole that i'm in and i i didn't actually go through all the 12 steps um but i went through enough of the of the steps to really dig in deep to some of the shit that that you know was at the core of that eating disorder and just the horrible thoughts, practices, you know, opinions of myself, all that sort of stuff. And so it, and it, and then on a practical level really did kind of the practical work of like learning nutrition. That was actually kind of my first bout of like, let me learn what food actually does in my body rather than trying to avoid it or, or, you know, binge on it or, or what have you like, let me learn this relationship between food and my body. So that was, you know, my late twenties, um, and really healed i mean a lot a lot healed and so fast forward you know i'm it's probably in my mid 30s where i finally am like i'm good like i really i'm good i don't have any issue with this at all i kind of know my boundaries around it i have developed these um you know coping mechanisms to to handle this you know and i'm fine so um so fast forward i'm 44 now I literally just had a conversation with a friend and I was telling her, dude, I had a really interesting thing happened. I've, I noticed it. This happened last week. This really, you know, I, I really wanted to get this thing done in my business and it blew up and it didn't happen. And mm-hmm. I don't need to go into all the details, but it was incredibly disappointing and it was my fault. It didn't, it was, you know, black and white. It was my fault that it did not come to fruition mm-hmm. and and in, in this kind of self-shaming spiral, I went down, t- like all of these old voices of mm-hmm. not liking my body, I need to control whatever food, X, Y, Z, what's wrong with me, all of that stuff started, I started hearing it again. And I literally was sort of this body outside of myself going, what in the world? Like, I have not heard this stuff in almost 20 years. Like, what is this? Like, I cannot believe this. And thankfully one of my very dear friends, um, is actually, uh, she's phenomenal, but she, um, she actually is a, is a therapist, is a counselor for young girls with eating disorders. So we don't talk about that often, but I mean, we're kind of business cohorts and friends and moms together, but I happened to tell her this and I'm like, I can't believe this shit came up. And she told me, she goes, it's usually indicative that some like that th- those voices came at that time means that there might be some other stuff that's been happening in life that is allowing those things those are foundational coping me- mechanisms that you learned at an early age so like mm-hmm. it's okay that they came up like don't blame yourself for that but it it's indicative that there's some other kind of stuff that's going on anyway so we ended up talking through this and my point in all of this is um what i have gained out of all of this i think if you ask me what my number one mental health awareness tool has been for that particular moment of my life or that particular issue of my life has been intense self awareness intense real raw getting down to the nitty-gritty of my of who i am my emotions what what is the truth of me in any given moment because that tool allows me to see all those thoughts as external from myself right, and will keep me from going down a really yucky and, and unnecessary path, right? That is totally not good for me. So that that awareness of self allows me to observe those thoughts, to observe that voice that's going on, be like, WTF? What is, what is that? But then also honor it and allow it to really pass. So Um, Yeah, that was a really interesting sort of, oh, I thought I was done with that shit. And, oh, man, here it is again. So yeah, Yeah,
0: there's this deep programming and I think we all have it. It's probably usually based in childhood or what we taught and what we assumed at the time that then becomes the program that runs through our head. And this is how we deal with this. This is how we deal with trauma. And that stays with us unless we break the pattern, we break the program, but it's so deep sometimes that when we feel threatened by a similar trauma, even though we've done the work, that shit comes back. And I did a talk about this. I lead a class called healthy AF. And I did a talk about this recently and I was like, okay, so who is talking? Who is talking to me? It is the ego. What is the ego's job? To protect me. Now, is it to my benefit or detriment? To my detriment. Keeping me small, keeping me in judgment, keeping me in scarcity, keeping me in fear. That is not who I am at my core. And so I gave him a name. It's Bob. I'm like, shut up, Bob. You're not welcome here. Bob, I'm going to give you a new job. Today, Bob, all you're allowed to say is encouraging, helpful, wonderful things about me. I don't want to hear all your judgments. I don't want to hear all your evil plans. I don't want to hear anything that is going to take me out of my capacity to be the best version of myself for myself and others. So shut up, Bob. Here's a new job, Bob. And like we were laughing. Like we just, I made it up on the spot. It just came I to me and I I love like, that. good. Okay. No, and you're now we're talking Bob. Bob. Bob, you're out of a job. Shut up, Bob. Uh-uh. Because before <laughs> so I was approaching everything with so much love that it was almost like fake. And I'm just like, oh, I love every part of me. And I do, y'all. But I was like, I needed someone to yell at sometimes. Yeah. So shut
1: up, Bob. So that's my story <laughs> on top of your story. That's great. I love it. Ash, you were there for Bob. I was there for Bob. You know, toxic positivity is a Buzz phrase right now. Yes. Yeah. And I have been accused in my professional life many years ago of being a Pollyanna. I am such a Pollyanna. That's a positive term, by the way. That's just another word for toxic positivity. Um, (laughs) And I really took it to heart because I'm like, no, actually, I'm fully aware of all the things that could go wrong here. But if we Focus on that and not a solution, then we've got a real problem. But it is worth knowing, like, am I falling into this trap of everything is sunshine and rainbows because shit is not sunshine and rainbows all the time. It is not.
0: We talked about this, Ash, what did we call it? I'm being positively delusional today with all of my <laughs> dreams and and realizations that everything's gonna be okay, even though the world is showing me it's not going to be okay. But also if I didn't have that delusional positivity as a tool, I would probably be doing drugs in the street somewhere because of my effing trauma. Do you know what I mean? So it's a tool that works for me, but at the same time, it can be taken to an extreme with the toxic positivity. So it's like finding that balance and and being that Pollyanna in such a way that still serves us, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it can be so hard in the moment. I, I know Everybody listening, I I could give you stories, chapter and verse over the last 10 years of my journey. Um, Stick around. You'll probably hear them at some point. But the kind of moments that leave you breathless, sobbing, prostrate on the floor with the kind of physical pain that you think it's always going to be like this. There is no out And I'm not being dramatic. I'm being really real about how deep the sadness and pain and fear and anxiety went. Um, And I remember this quote. I just pulled it up. It was by Maya Angelou. Every storm runs out of rain. It Mm. does. Every storm runs out of rain eventually. And sometimes the only thing for me to do has been to hold on to that notion Mm -hmm. And to try to separate happiness from joy, you know, happiness is fleeting. Happiness is I'll be happy when this Mm, thing happens or this thing ends and then I'll be happy. Okay. Okay. Like that's reality. That's how we're programmed. We're goal oriented creatures. But the ability to distinguish between that and my joy in the moment, my joy in Oh my gosh, the blue angels just flew overhead while I was sitting on the beach. Or did you see the hydrangeas are blooming outside my place? Or I don't know, my child just sent me a text to say I love you. Or my dog just had a nightmare and had the cutest little puppy noises on the bed. You know, (laughs) yes, my dog sleep on the bed. Um, but you know, just that ability to distinguish joy even in the darkest moments and hold fast to that is, um, yeah, that's, that's where it lands for me, no matter what the issue is.
0: And you have a really lovely morning practice that I would love for you to share as well. Because um, you always have, she always gets these light bulb ideas and writings that come to her. And when you share them, I'm like, I hope this is going to be in a book one day, because this is gold. Like, I would um. love for you to share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, this is a relatively new practice for me. For many years, what worked for me was write and burn. And if you've listened to the Food Heals podcast, I mean that's where I got the idea way back I'm in the obsessed. day before we ever met yeah. in live and in person. <laughs> um, I would write and burn. I would write all the things that were troubling me and I would burn them and pray them away. Actually, set off a fire alarm in a hotel in DC because I was trying to burn. <laughs> and then the I thing. had to talk about you, be like, "Okay,
0: don't do this in a hotel room. Make sure you're at home. If you can't burn, you just rip it up into little pieces of paper and th- flush it down the That'll toilet." Be okay,
1: that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was a scene. But recently, I've because our practices evolve and change given where we are in life. Like one practice that worked for me then might not work for me now, but something that's working for me right now is words are, the written word is something really dear to me and something I enjoy. And so I sit down to my laptop probably, I'm not going to say I do it every day because that would be bullshit, but probably every third to fourth day I will carve out some time or I just feel led to sit down at my laptop. No, I I know pen to paper is very important, but for me, I write in a Google doc, dear guides, what would you have me know today? And then I just stop. And then the words flow onto the page. And I know that they're not words from me or my ego, because words from me or my ego look like, hey, Ashley, you need to get the following 10 things done today. Hey, Ashley, you know, it's really shitty that you didn't. Get back to whatever. Didn't finish this task. Or hey, Ashley, you need to be a little bit more mindful of your fine Like that's me and my ego. But when the that's words Bob. That... Yeah, that's Bob. All right, shut up. Get Bob. out of here, Bob. Get <laughs> another shut job, up, Bob. Bob. But <laughs> when, the, when the words that are flowing onto the page are full of love, and I'm not making this up, the words that flow onto the page address me as dear one or beloved or beautiful child of light, and these words are not from me, but they are. Um, so beautiful and so kind and so loving. And they do show me and tell me what I need to know. So no matter your faith persuasion or whatever it is, maybe it's your inner voice. Maybe it is your guides. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's spirit. Maybe it's whatever you want to call it. Tune in. Give that entity, that thing, that beautiful light, a chance to speak to and through you and then sit with it that's, that's helped so much lately. Yeah. And, um, the ones that you've been
0: kind enough to share with me, cause sometimes you get messages and then you share them with me and I'm like, Oh, it just hits so hard. I'm like, that's a lesson for me too. So I just think it's such a beautiful practice that others can share in as well. So.
1: And I think that's something that, oh, we got it, Apollo. <laughs> I think that's something Katie shares in her meditations as well. I think those words are, by you, and from you, but they're also through you. And that's what I love about your meditations.
2: Thank you. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. It is like, just just channel this stuff through me, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you always say that you wouldn't be able to write the meditations had you not been going through the thing that you're writing about. So it's taking all your life experiences and putting them into these beautiful poetry of meditations and helping another person yeah. with their issue at the time. And there's been so many that resonate with me. And it's like, if I didn't know you, I would still think you were my friend because I feel like we've gone through all the same things. How does she know my soul? How does she know that's what I needed to hear right now?
2: Because they're universal, right? Like all of these emotions, these fears, these the excitements, the ups and downs, the frustrations, like they're all universal, you know? So um, I'm glad you feel that way because that's exactly my intention.
0: Heels Nation I've got some super special announcements and discounts from our friends at Organifi I don't know how long this is gonna last so go check it out right now of course you know it's all over at Organifi shop.com food heels right now you can get pure for free a 30 count of travel packs when you purchase the sunrise to sunset kit plus you get my 20% off as always plus You get free shipping. If you want to learn more about Organifi, I went straight to the source for you. Here is a clip from my interview with Mae Steigler, CEO of Organifi. Roll it, Roxy. All right, Food Heals Nation. I'm here with Mae Steigler, the founder and CEO of Organifi, who's passionate about redefining personal well-being. All right, Mae. They say beauty starts from within. What can we take internally to have brighter, glowing skin from the inside out? What you got? I love this. Our bodies are magical, incredibly
5: powerful things. And really, when we give our bodies the right nutrition, the right resources, it can do incredible things like keep our skin vibrant and glowing naturally. So really importantly, what I love is focusing on food and superfoods and adaptogens that support vitamin C levels in the body. This is a natural way to boost collagen production you know, the wild part with the a lot of collagen education being made um, more popular these days is that our bodies naturally produce collagen. As we age, we produce less naturally, unfortunately. And so it's really important and more so as we get older to, to support our bodies more directly by including foods that are naturally rich in vitamin C, uh, something that I absolutely loves in our Glow product. We have a natural source of vitamin C from acerola cherry. And it's a really, really great way to boost your body's ability to create skin supporting and and definitely glowing and beauty support uh, collagen, along with Bamboo silica. And this is something you can get in a lot of different foods. Um, not that easily, but it's a really nice way to uh, support collagen synthesis. Those are kind of my two favorites that are included in our, in our glow and something that you can um, supplement with, along with aloe vera, another really, really key superfood and adaptogen that I, I love supporting my natural ability to produce collagen.
0: I love that. And I love how these are all food based products because, as you know, I believe that food heals. So these are perfect for me. What I love about Glow is that it's like a light, refreshing raspberry lemonade, perfect for a summer's day. And um, it's something that I'll take to the pool or I'll sit and sip outside on my porch. I've done some Instagram videos of myself doing that. And Glow is just such a great product. So Food Heels Nation, go to OrganifiShop.com slash Food Get your Glow on. You'll get 20% off your order. Plus at that site will always be whatever amazing discounts or specials Organifi is running and have given us access to as members of Food Heals Nation. May, thank you so much for answering that question today. I appreciate it.
3: Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you ladies for sharing um, your stories and some of your tools today. And um, if anyone's struggling with mental health, I'll put some uh, links in the uh, show notes for some resources. Um, But before we wrap up, Katie, you are celebrating a milestone. As of this recording, we haven't done the party yet, but by the time it comes out, we will have just gotten back from your 100 million download celebration party in Tampa. Tell us us a little bit more about um, Women's Meditation Network, what you're celebrating, why you're celebrating, and just a little bit more about what you do and where people can find you online.
2: Yeah. So almost five years ago, I was pregnant with my second daughter and had an idea to start a meditation podcast for women. And back then in 2018, if you typed in women in meditation, one podcast existed. Mm -hmm. And I just felt incredibly inspired. Like I'm going to, there's, there are eyeballs and ears that, that are looking and I need to be there. So I'm going to contribute here in a big way. Um, and so I started my very first podcast, Meditation for Women. Fast forward, as of the time of this recording, I have 14 podcasts. And um, it has been amazing to feel like I can do that on a mass scale. My my constant mantra to myself is I create high-quality, high-quantity meditations that really land into the soul of every person listening Wow, um, and so I feel this is a, an incredible milestone. Obviously, um, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's like a point zero one or point zero zero one percent of podcasters who reach this milestone.
0: Yes, we so need I to feel... reach out to Rob Walsh and find out. I know. I need to. I'll,
2: by the time yeah. the party happens, I will know those stats. But um, it's 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 absolutely amazing, and it feels really good, and it feels. Uh, I feel very proud that um, that what I have built not only impacts everyone on the other side, but impacts the internal team who works on it. I have uh, a really healthy team at this point who all puts their love and um, and energy into every individual meditation. So it feels really good that, like, my business is this beautiful ecosystem that that really, like, gives loves, gives love and, you know, shares love and creates love all in one. So, um, it's been pretty awesome. So yeah, if you want to listen, just, uh, you know, go to women's meditation network.com, but yeah, we are, um, this is only the beginning. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, okay, let's, let's really go now. Let's really go. (laughs) Yes.
0: I love that. I love your mantra. You know, I'm a fan and I listen all the time. So thank you for the work that you do. And I can't wait for the party in Tampa. Ooh, to me neither. That's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. All right, Ash, and you have your brand new show. Well, it's not brand new anymore. I keep saying that, but now it's been a couple months. So you have the Kick Ash Life podcast and you do your thoughts from the trike. What can people find when they listen to your show?
1: So, my show is really inspired or incentivized by you ladies, whom I met in Italy just as Katie was scrapping her entire business and starting. A women's meditation podcast. She um, told us about it yes, on the hike. The I did. From,
0: I'm going to yes. give up this whole business I built. I'm going to do this over thing over here. And I was
1: like, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and to your credit, you guys were like, yeah, do it.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I'll tell you the type A corporate straight and narrow was kind of secretly like, you're doing yeah. what? And just, <laughs> just amazed by you, Katie, and all that you've built since that time. And Allie, who's had me on her podcast before, who got me used to this platform, and eventually it was just a passion project having watched other folks share. Podcasting is so intimate, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is. You're sharing your thoughts and you're putting it out to the world. It's so intimate. It's, it's not just a one-sided conversation. It, it's really an exchange with the audience, and the exchange that I want to have is one of love and compassion for ourselves and this idea that life is messy, but beautiful at the same time. And so I share some of my own thoughts as well as interview folks who are just like you and me living and creating beautiful lives in the everyday moments. And um, yeah, that's what I want to share. It's such a good show. Everyone that started
0: listening becomes your super fan right away. So yeah, she 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 is such. A, you're such a good storyteller, and the way that you share stories, it's just so relatable and so beautifully done. So I'm just excited for more people to discover it, and maybe soon we'll be celebrating Ashes and Alleys' 100 million downloads celebration. So Ooh, let's put let's that go, out there into the universe. Let's yeah. go. Bring it on. <laughs> let's do it. Oh my gosh, ladies. Well, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for coming on Food Heals today. Love you and appreciate you.
4: Love you, you, ladies. Right back. Thank you. Love you guys. I fly with the stars in the skies. I am no longer trying to survive. I believe that life is a prize. But to live doesn't mean you're alive don't, don't, don't worry about me and who I fire I get what I desire, it's my empire And yes, I call the shots, I am the umpire I sprinkle holy water upon the vampire In this very moment, I'm king In this very moment, I Play with the sling. This very moment I bring. Put it on everything. That I will retire with the ring. And I will retire with the crown. Yes. No, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. Yes. Clap for the heavyweight champ. Me. But I couldn't do it all alone. We. Young money raised me. Grew up out in Baisley? Southside Jamaica. Queens and it's crazy. Cause I'm still hood. Hollywood couldn't change me. Shout out to my haters. Sorry that you couldn't phase me. Ain't being cocky. We just vindicated. Best believe that when we done this moment, we'll be still indicated i don't know this night just remind me of everything they deprived me of
1: these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this podcast is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality thoughts of living longer developing a more positive outlook on life in rare cases people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their 39.99 a month gym membership if you experience any of these symptoms snapchat your trainer immediately